do not join mobs. I hate mobs. I won't give in. They're usually wrong and very stupid. And I refuse throughout my life to join mobs. Uh, and I'm proud each time, actually, that I have refused to go along with groupthink or what all the cool kids were doing. Back in June of 2015, I was there when Donald Trump declared for president. I said he could go all the way. I said his message would resonate in Iowa, New Hampshire, and beyond, that it was a big deal, that it wasn't a joke. I was ridiculed, I was mocked. The chattering political class, they all made up their minds immediately. He had no chance. When I went to Iraq, spent nearly a year there, I was under tremendous pressure from my then employer to report the so-called good news from Iraq when there was none. I reported what I saw, honestly. I wasn't gonna risk my life for a lie. Now, that brings me to Andrew Cuomo. I'm no fan of Cuomo, all right? But I wanna remind you how the entire world was so crazy about this guy. Not very long ago, I was not impressed, and I said so. I'll get to that in a moment. But as he went around doing his job, they said, there was something not right. He seemed to be enjoying it a little bit too much. And the fame that was global seemed to go to his head. But it was truly global fame. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't, honest, direct, brave. It's the way that Andrew came in and just felt like a hero to us all. This has been a remarkable show of leadership by Governor Cuomo in recent days. Move over, LGBTs. There's a new identity in town. Homosexual, a new term for Empire State Governor Andrew Cuomo, America's favorite fella. So Andrew Cuomo, I think, is almost the president of New York in this circumstance. I heard, though, that you had a crush on our boyfriend, Andrew Cuomo. Dude, I, 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 everyone does, right? I think he's fantastic. People online are falling in love with him. And I'm not going to lie, those people include me. My Tinder profile now lists me as a Cuomosexual. So the fake news, um, the intellectual, the entertainment world, they're always focused on style over substance, and that's what they were all swept away with. But boy, oh boy, were they. There was a time, people forget now, that there was a serious effort to make Cuomo the Democrat nominee even after Joe Biden had it all locked up. You remember Joe was, uh, well, he still is frail. He was frail back then. People wondered, could he go the distance? This speculation about removing Joe Biden and replacing him with Andrew Cuomo was very real. We have a, um, a person who is very capable, uh, a very capable backup, if you will, not vice president, but, but if he, something would change. He could walk into that convention and walk out as the Democratic nominee. People could now start over and make a decision on who they'd want as the Democratic nominee. And this is no shade on Joe Biden, but you know who I think they'd pick? I think you know who I think. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Andrew Cuomo loved the talk. He was encouraging it. You know who didn't love the talk and knew all about it? Joe Biden. Friction between the two camps. Undeniably, there was friction. There had to be. So uh, you saw how the fake news in the world was treating Andrew Cuomo. Back then, here's a portion of what I had to say about Andrew Cuomo. 
A lot of folks believe that Governor Cuomo's decisions led to thousands upon thousands of deaths. And you can see his arrogance and his refusal to accept responsibility. He might get fired. There is a serious effort to impeach Governor Cuomo. He's got all kinds of problems. Uh, <laughs> while they were enjoying the Cuomo sexual movement, whatever it was, I was talking about the nursing home deaths. And not a lot of people, I was actually mistaken there. Some of us were. Some of us were really concerned about what was really happening. We weren't dazzled by everything else. We were stumped when he sent away that comfort, the USS uh, Comfort, the hospital ship that came, that was dispatched by President Trump, and he sent it away essentially unutilized. We were totally amazed and baffled and insulted when he got $5 million for that book in the middle of the pandemic. Who writes a book? Who has the time to write a book in the middle of the pandemic? And we still have lots of real questions about that nursing home situation. How many died as a result of decisions uh, that he may have made? We don't know the full scope yet, um, but <laughs> we raise the questions and we still haven't gotten the answers. How about this? Who gets a tan? Who gets a tan in the middle of a pandemic, all right? He seemed to be enjoying the whole damn thing a little bit too much. While we were locked down, he was literally going fishing. He was having the time of his life. And it just didn't feel right. And even long before this, and I've crossed paths with him, he could be a charming guy in person, but he was always chasing the approval of some group, something, and he would say some pretty stupid things like this. We're not gonna make America great again. It was never that great. So, I wasn't impressed, but I'm also not impressed with this uh, case of sexual harassment that they are trying to wage right now. There are so many holes in it, so many problems in it. Um, this is the same country, the same media elite that explained away and made excuses and said it was no big deal. Monica and Bill Clinton, <laughs> the stuff they did right there in the Oval Office, right? Making all kinds of excuses. They looked down on anyone who raised concerns about the morality of it all. So fast forward, whatever it's been, 24 years, we've gone from you know what in the Oval Office to this. I'm about to play you actual evidence that was presented by the attorney general. Evidence of, well, you tell me, this is a, a politician's idea of an obscene phone call? No. Hello? Hi, Governor. Yeah? This is Charlotte. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. You don't know that song? No. Before your time. It's before my time, but I, I appreciated the singing. Do you love me? Do you really <laughs> love me? Do you love me? Do you care? I'll have to listen now. Yep. It's like a fist. Before even my time. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, now I have less of an excuse. You ready? Yes. John F. Kennedy was having orgies in the White House swimming pool. 
and we still have airports and schools named after him. What do you make of that? I mean, it may be silly, may not be appropriate, certainly not ideal, but so what? So what? Not very long ago, Harvey Weinstein was a guest of honor at the White House, in the Obama White House. There he is, going to all the right parties, meeting all the right people. All the while, everybody knew about this guy, apparently, in those circles. Here he is with Oprah. Hmm? I mean, this guy, everybody hung out with him. But apparently, everybody knew. I'll get to that in a second. Did you know that Barack Obama's daughter, Malia, could have interned anywhere in the world. The United Nations, the World Bank, she chose Harvey Weinstein's company just a few, mo few months before he was uh, me tooed. But everybody apparently in those elite circles knew that Harvey was a pig. Let's go to the Academy Awards. This is back, this is almost eight years ago. The 2012 nominees for best performance by an actress in a supporting role are Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Everybody seemed to be in on the joke. Everybody. Emma Stone, that's Seth MacFarlane, the family guy guy. Everything's backwards. Everything's weird. We're not being told the whole story. What's really going on? How is it that Joe Biden is president? Joe Biden is president. Andrew Cuomo is the predator. Hmm? This is actually evidence as well. Joe Biden is the president. Let me see again. And Andrew Cuomo is the predator. One of the accusers. Joe Biden is the president. And Andrew Cuomo is the... <laughs> and Andrew Cuomo's in trouble. Maybe, maybe Letitia James is taking this mentality a little bit too far. Letitia James, the attorney general, celebrated woman of color. No one's going to criticize her. And when you say things like this, it's, oh, so righteous, isn't it? These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment and that we should believe women. How about believing evidence? Hmm? This was a very, very strange report. Alan Dershowitz, world-class Harvard professor, will be joining us in a little bit to break it down. But if we're going to believe women, what about this woman, Tara Reid? You may or may not be familiar with her, but she made very credible allegations against President Biden. President Biden. Listen. It happens very quickly. I remember, I remember being pushed up against the wall. He had his hands um, under, underneath my clothes, and um, it, was, it happened all at once. So he had one hand underneath my shirt, and the other hand, um, I had a skirt on, and he like went down my skirt and then went up. And I remember I was up almost on my tippy toes. And um, when he went inside the skirt, he was talking to me at the same time, and he was leaning into me, and I pulled this way away from his head, I remember. And so he was kissing my neck area, and he whispered, did I want to go somewhere else, in a low voice. He said, I want to fuck you. And he said it low, and I was pushing away. And I remember my knee hurting, because our knees 
he, he had opened my legs with his knee and our knees caps clashed. So I felt like the sharp pain. His fingers were inside of my private area, my vagina. And um, it, it wasn't, there was no small talk. There was no like precept. There was, it was just sudden and it was happening like that. Wow. You probably haven't heard those allegations. Maybe you have, but they were essentially buried by the fake news because they were protecting Joe Biden, who the fake news reluctantly brought these uh, matters to his attention after ignoring them for months. Here's Joe. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any, any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Well, we have his denial, but what about the attorney general's report? What about the investigation? Um, where's that? Maybe we should have that, right? Doesn't it make sense? It stands to reason. Something is not right here. Something is totally not right. Look, Andrew Cuomo is a lot of things. Not a fan. He made a lot of mistakes, but he's no predator. He's no Predator. They're trying to make him out to be one. I'm not sure why. We're going to go through the complaint again with the world-class professor from Harvard, Alan Dershowitz. He's going to tell you some things that uh, the fake news refuses to acknowledge. We'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax, we're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watches, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't, because they still love Barack Obama, huh? This guy is so into himself, a billionaire, going to have a huge birthday party in the middle of COVID for 700 people. Going to look maybe something like that with the great big Ferris wheel, uh, Pearl Jam, hundreds of people, uh, Martha's Vineyard House. Now, this has all been canceled because he knew the optics were terrible, COVID, and we've been giving him a real hard time. Maybe his efforts could be better spent in uh, Chicago, saving lives of children. Seriously, I hope he considers that. In the meantime, the birthday party will be perhaps something like this.
probably not going to be this lame. Although it looks kind of fun with the kids. Um, do you think Michelle's going to be mad? I hear she is irate. Rumors that she's irate about this whole situation. Why did you give in? Uh, anyway, uh, smaller birthday party. Do you remember Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman? He colluded with the swamp to try to bring down Trump. He was a little cubicle dweller in the West Wing. He worked on uh, Eastern European policy, Ukraine policy. And uh, yeah, he was the guy who uh, blew the whistle, tried to blow the whistle on that Ukraine phone call. Take a look at this, please. I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate. And I reported my concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. It is improper for the President of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. Well, I went through the transcript. He didn't demand anything. His view of things has been debunked, but he's now cashing in, kind of. Everybody has forgotten about this guy. He's obviously very lame, but he wrote a book, and now the swamp is um, trying to help him along, but it's so pathetic. See how lame this is? It's like he's in the fourth grade. Big trip to the big city with a book, a book. Gets to eat exotic foods. This is how the swamp kind of tries to pay you off, right? A silly book deal. You get to go on some of the cable shows and try to sell that book. He's been all over the place telling everybody what a hero he is. He's not. He's a fool. And uh, let's talk about that phone call that he is convinced or somebody convinced him or maybe he just lied that it was uh, corruption. Nobody demanded anything from the Zelensky, uh, from Zelensky, the president. It was a request and I think a very valid request. Now, you remember, you've heard by now, that Hunter Biden worked for Burisma, a Ukrainian energy firm, and he was being paid something like $80,000 a month with no experience whatsoever, okay? I mean, it was a totally weird arrangement. In 2018, Joe Biden himself bragged publicly, and a lot of people saw this on TV, but not too many, I'm sure the president did, bragged publicly that he got the prosecutor who may have been investigating Burisma, may have been, reports that he was, that he got him fired. Now let's pretend you're Donald Trump and you're home at the White House and you see this on TV. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm gonna be leaving here, and I think it was what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. January of 2018. That was in public. That was on television. I saw it. I'm sure the president saw it. So if he talks to President Zelensky, 
if I were talking to President Zelensky, I would, I, it's totally valid to say, oh, by the way, Joe Biden was bragging on television that he had your prosecutor fired. Maybe you should look into that. Hmm? You want to look into that? Maybe you should. And this uh, dweeb, what's his name again? Vinman, <sighs> tries to turn him in and turns the whole country upside down. Total fraud, total fraud. The swamp, the swamp, that's a swamp for you. You know, they're still giving the president a hard time, President Trump, that is, his uh, taxes. Now, I don't know what the hell the Justice Department would be involved in this for, but take a look at this headline, please. Uh, Trump tax returns must be released by the IRS to Congress. All right. This is way outside their scope. It is. This is using the Justice Department for political means. What they always accuse Donald Trump of doing, that's what they are doing. Donald Trump is fighting this and he should. He had to fight it when he was president. But he called it out, and I'm so glad he called it out when it was happening. In real time, he knew what was happening, and he said it out loud. It's called presidential harassment, and it's unfortunate, and it really does hurt our country. What it is is presidential harassment. I'm doing well in the polls despite the worst fake news and worst presidential harassment in the history of the United States. We've got phenomenal numbers. No, it's true. The worst presidential harassment in history. And even more than presidential harassment, national harassment, harassment of the country. So much of COVID was designed to diminish him and enhance Joe Biden. The swamp, the swamp. Now this. Black lives, black lives do matter. They do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. All lives matter. Black lives, of course, matter, including the life of 18-year-old Takia Allen. She was killed in Detroit on July 23rd while she was riding her bike outside of a friend's house. A car drove past her. Someone inside opened fire, instantly killing her and wounding a 20-year-old man. He is expected to survive. The Detroit police do not believe this was a random shooting. Um, they don't. Uh, Allen was a college student at Oakland University where she was studying to be a nurse, had dreams of one day becoming an anesthesiologist. Her mother reels with the pain of the loss and begs for answers as to who killed her daughter while the killer is still free on the street. Just don't shoot nobody just innocent you, you know you took somebody's life you took somebody's loved one it wasn't meant for her i just want the killer off the street that did this a gofundme page has been set up in takia allen's name to help cover the financial burden at this time she was just 18 years old and there's the page right there anything you can do would be very much very much appreciated and we'll be right back. January 6, 2021, we are committed to determining the truth and the lies told about that day. So many lies, actually. And so much truth has yet to be revealed. Ashley Babbitt, young Trump supporter, military veteran, shot and killed, unarmed, no warning. 
We all saw it. Why did that happen? Who did it? And a thousand other questions. There are people trying to get those answers, um, and one way to do that is see documents. Now, there are thousands upon thousands of documents about Ashley Babbitt, about January 6th, that have not been revealed, but some are being revealed. Finally, we have autopsy results. Now, for whatever reason, they were keeping these things under wraps, but thanks to Judicial Watch, they have uncovered uh, some key findings. Some of it's very obvious. We're still going through it, about a 1,000 or so uh, pages of documents that they had to sue to get Judicial Watch. We are grateful that they did because for whatever reason, they're not cooperating. The government doesn't seem to want us to know uh, everything there is to know about January 6th. All right. Now to Minneapolis. Of course, we all remember the George Floyd case. George Floyd uh, died and we all saw the video. But did you know this, that uh, the medical examiner, a guy by the name of Baker, well, he conducted an autopsy, and then he issued his, his rulings. Here he is testifying in court. But his initial finding said this. Let's put it up on the screen, please. That there is no evidence of asphyxiation or strangulation. No physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. That's interesting, don't you think? I mean, we all saw what happened we later learned that there was a lot of fentanyl in his system. Uh, but then someone else got involved, a guy by the name of Dr. Mitchell. Now, Dr. Mitchell, former coroner, medical examiner in Washington, D.C., he saw those initial results, and he got mad. He got really mad. Well, he saw the video. Of course, it's got to be asphyxia. But he did not examine the body of George Floyd. Nevertheless, he reached out to the actual coroner, Dr. Baker, called him up on the phone, wrote him a few emails, and maybe even threatened him. Let's go through this document submitted by uh, defense, lawyer, defense lawyers. Dr. Mitchell called Baker and said, first of all, Baker should fire his public information officer. Then Mitchell asked Baker what happened because Mitchell did not think it sounded like Baker's words. Baker said he didn't think the neck compression played a part. It goes on. Over the weekend, Dr. Mitchell, again, the former coroner from Washington, thought about Dr. Baker more. Dr. Mitchell decided he was going to release an op-ed critical of Dr. Baker's findings in the Washington Post. Dr. Mitchell first called Dr. Baker to let him know. Mitchell said, you don't want to be the medical examiner who tells everyone they didn't see what they saw. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room and be wrong. Mitchell said neck compression has to be in the diagnosis. Again, Mitchell did not conduct the examination. But the final autopsy findings included neck compression. This was contrary to Dr. Baker's conclusion before speaking with Dr. Mitchell twice. Probably didn't hear too much about that during the, uh, during the media's coverage of the trial. Well, you are probably going to hear a lot more about it. Now, Dr. Mitchell is currently working at Howard University. He is uh, a pretty uh, vocal person when it comes to issues of racial justice. He comes to various rallies. He's very, very outspoken when it comes to uh, police violence against people of color. Totally legitimate issue, but... Uh, 
I think it's interesting that he is pressuring medical examiners to come up with findings to his liking. Hmm. Now, why do we bring this up? Because the case is over with, right? I mean, Chauvin is in prison. Well, remember, it's under appeal. And these gentlemen are, well, their trial is coming up very soon. They were there. They were part of the crew that uh, arrested George Floyd. What happens if they're found not guilty? I think you've got to be straight with the public. The media should be straight with the public. A lynch mob mentality is the worst thing you can have when you, because if the verdict comes out the way it could, will that mean more violence? Is that what George Floyd would have wanted? I don't think so. We don't want that, right? We'll be right back. These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment and that we should believe women and that what we have an obligation and a duty to do is to protect women in their workplace. And what this investigation uh, revealed was a disturbing pattern of conduct by the governor of the great state of New York. Again, the delivery to me, there's something a little bit much and there's something quite lacking, in my opinion, in the report that she came up with, which isn't a criminal referral. I don't know exactly what it is, so let's bring in the expert, the world famous Alan Dershowitz, professor emeritus at Harvard Law School and author of a great book, by the way, Guilt by Accusation, The Challenge of Providing Innocence, Proving Innocence in the Age of Me Too. Um, welcome back, Professor. What did you make, what do you make of the Attorney General's findings about Governor Cuomo? Totally and completely one-sided. When you have a law enforcement official saying we should believe women, that's like saying we should believe Jews, we should believe blacks, we should believe whites, we should believe Eskimos. You don't believe people based on gender or based on identity. You believe them based on the facts. And when she includes in her report the fact that there were those who said that Governor Cuomo looked women up and down and, and looked at various parts of their bodies, it trivializes the report. Look, there are three different kinds of accusations, some very serious. The accusation about him putting his hand underneath somebody's blouse and cupping her breast, very serious, but it's anonymous. No opportunity to cross-examine. We don't even know what questions were asked, if any, by those who conducted the report. The report is, should not be taken as gospel, as truth. So category one, very serious, but he denies it. He denies he ever touched anybody. Category two is this vague notion of hostile environment. And category three, this notion of he looked somebody up and down, that's in the eye of the beholder. So he should fight back. Uh, he should challenge. Uh, Cross-examination is the best engine for determining truth. It goes back to the Magna Carta. And just because a woman says something doesn't mean that it's true and doesn't mean it should be believed. It should be investigated. It should be looked at. But facts are very difficult things, and they're tough things, and they're important things. I know. I was falsely accused. I was able to disprove it by the woman's own emails and her own tape recordings and everything proved that she lied. So women do lie. Many women tell the truth. 
Let's find out what's true, what's false, what's exaggerated. But let's not presume guilt and let's not jump to conclusions. We're going to play in a moment a phone message or a phone call between one of the accusers and Governor Cuomo. We'll evaluate that. You tell me if this sounds like <laughs> this is the opposite of an obscene phone call. But uh, this was submitted as evidence. Let me ask you this. I've heard from a lot of people, though. Hey, if an ordinary person at a, at a company were accused of these things, he'd be fired right away. And that might be true. But it's different when you're a public official. I mean, three and a half million people voted for this person. Look, I don't care if you were hired yesterday. It's wrong to be fired based on an accusation. It's wrong to be fired based on 10 accusations. The accusations have to be proved. And we know that when one person and two people make accusations, there tends to be pile on. Other people come forward. We believe in due process. We don't believe in believing people based on their gender identity. So, no, uh, I agree with you that if a person's been elected by three and a half million people or Bill Clinton or uh, 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 Donald Trump, it's, there's, there's a much higher threshold for impeachment. I know I defended President Trump and Bill Clinton against impeachment charges. And, and I would, you know, uh, feel the same way about Governor Cuomo if he were to be impeached. There has to be proof to a high level of certainty that these events occurred and that they were sufficiently serious. Some of them are sufficiently serious, but they haven't been proved. So uh, we've come a long way, or maybe we've gone back, or maybe we've advanced. I don't know. But we all know what happened between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, and we can debate the legalities and the constitutionality of what happened next. But that happened, and they admitted it. This is a phone call that was submitted as evidence by the attorney general, and it's part of the report. Um, Charlotte Bennett, the accuser, records a phone call with the governor. Let's listen, please. Hello. Hi, governor. Yeah. This is Charlotte. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready. You don't know that song? No. Before your time. It's before my time, but I, I appreciated the singing. Do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me? Do you care? I'll have to listen now. Yep. It's like a 50. Before even my time. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's, now I have less of an excuse. You ready? Yes. So um, I've heard different reactions. That, oh, this is this is so bad. To me, that's a joke. To me, that's meaningless. Professor, what do you think of that call? I think it's worse than meaningless. If that's the best they can come up with, you know how many people would be subject to a call like that? Look, he's the governor. That's his style. He tends to be friendly to people. If you don't like it, don't vote for him. But the idea of turning that into a crime or a tort or using it as evidence of a crime or a tort is worse than a joke. It's a clear violation of civil liberties. If we were to start disciplining every woman who looked at a man up and down, or every man who looked at a woman up and down or looked at various parts of their body, uh, everybody would be uh, disciplined. And we just have to make sharp lines between what is criminal, what is tortious, 
what is just maybe bad behavior, what is something that maybe we wouldn't vote for somebody for. But the Me Too movement is destroying our Constitution. And it's destroying our presumption of innocence. It's destroying due process. It's destroying the whole notion that you have to have evidence before you believe somebody. And the idea that we believe people because of gender is so dangerous yeah. because tomorrow it'll be race. The day after tomorrow, it'll be sexual preference. That's not the basis on which we make decisions. That's called identity politics. Mm. We make decisions on the basis of facts and evidence. And if this is the evidence, it's going nowhere. There are a lot of reasons not like Governor Cuomo, <laughs> but in my opinion, this report is not look, one of them. Um, look, Governor Cuomo is a hypocrite when it comes to this. Look at what he said about Kavanaugh. I understand. And what happened to Kavanaugh was horrific and should not have happened. That's but, right. But we're not going to judge him on what he said about Kavanaugh. I mean, on this matter, it's, uh, well, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna judge him as somebody, whether I'd vote for him, but right. I don't judge him based on whether or not he should be impeached or yeah. whether or not he's criminally investigated or or prosecuted. We all are entitled to make our own personal judgments about people. But when it comes to the government making law enforcement judgments, there has to be hard evidence, not just we believe women. Yeah. And when a prosecutor says women must be believed, she has disqualified herself from being taken seriously as an independent and neutral prosecutor. Professor Dershowitz, I'm so glad you're uh you're alive and well and offering your commentary. It's very important. The book, once again, is Guilt by Accusation, The Challenge of Proving Innocence in the Age of Me Too. To be continued, sir, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Congressman Devin Nunes, Republican of California, joins us once again. And the congressman, by the way, was the recipient, I'd like to remind people, of the Medal of Freedom, awarded personally, of course, by President Trump for all of the fantastic and tremendous service provided by the congressman. He really, I think, was fighting for all of us. Uh, congressman Nunez, welcome back. How are you? Uh, it's great. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much. Uh, because of your strong actions to protect all of us, you have come under a great deal of fire and it looks like some pretty ugly and unfair attacks. You're taking action against uh, Rachel Maddow, the MSNBC woman. What's up? Well, I'm sure that disappoints you and your, and your viewers, but <laughs> I've had a policy now for about three years that if you defame or slander me, you will get a court date, a court appearance. And so Maddow has been doing this, and MSNBC uh, at large, along with NBC, have been doing this for the better part of five years because they were so invested in the Russia hoax. You know, constantly they would get up to the line, Greg, where they would say things, you know, essentially insinuating that we were somehow connected to Putin and Russia. But look, earlier this spring, uh, she made a ridiculous attack. It's like she was just came up with something out of thin air and said that I was colluding with some Russian or Ukrainian and that I had packages and that I wasn't giving those packages to the FBI. I don't know where she got this from. I guess she just dreamed it up, but that's when it goes over the line because you're effectively accusing me of treason. You're accusing me of obstruction of justice and nothing could be farther from the truth. Plenty of, of press reports were out there about exactly what was going on with our investigation into Russia and Ukraine. So she just decided in March just to go off kilter and make something up and laugh about it as if this is okay. This is not normal behavior. 
And this, you know, follows upon that she's, it's not just she attacks me and other Republicans. She also attacks my staff and former staff. So look, uh, enough's enough. So if they've got the goods and, and, and they know that I'm a Russian agent somehow, great. They can bring the evidence to court. My bet with you, Greg, is, is they will do everything but meet me in court. They do not want to get into discovery, so they will fire a motion after motion after motion to try to avoid this. But the bottom line is this crap has to stop of running around the country calling everybody a Russian agent if you disagree with them. Well, uh, again, she said it, okay? I'm going to play what she said, not me, okay? I don't want to... <laughs> this right. is her. And, uh, and by the way, on the other side, you'll tell us exactly where we are legally right now. But here's Rachel Maddow back on March 18th about you. He is singled out by name by the director of national intelligence as someone under Vladimir Putin's direct purview who helped run this operation targeting our election last year. Congressman Nunes accepted a package from him. What was in it? Congressman Nunes has refused to answer questions about what he received from Andre Durkacz. He has refused to show the contents of the package to other members of the intelligence community. He has refused to hand it over to the FBI, which is what you should do if you get something from somebody who is sanctioned by the U.S. government as a Russian agent. And she went on yeah. from there. Uh, who is that guy? Well, do you know anything about him? Well, look, I, I love that she's laughing because if she just would have read the stories that were in multiple press reports, she would have known that we were investigating this guy. In fact, we were the first ones to investigate this character, and we are the ones who took it to the Department of Justice and the FBI. So look, she just concocted this out of thin air. Ha, 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 the joke's on her. We'll see her in court. And my bet, Greg, is they will do everything but meet me in court because she just made that nonsense up because they think they can get away with it, and I'm not going to let it stand. So where do things stand legally? You filed, and uh, there is a court date. There's not a court date yeah, we, very we quickly. Just, we, just, uh, we just filed it yesterday. You guys were on, on top of this. Uh, and uh, we'll have to serve them, and then they'll have a chance to respond. My guess is we'll get their response in the next uh, couple months. But I, I promise you this, they will not want to meet me in court. So they will try everything they can. They'll claim First Amendment, that they're a media, that I'm public figure. Um, because the one thing I've learned through all of this is, is these media companies never want to meet me in court. And it's kind of ironic because, you know, if you believe half the things you say about me, why would you not want to get discovery on me and, and depose me for hours mm. and ask me all these wonderful questions that you could that you could ask me? It just it just makes no sense. Well, uh, don't mess with Congressman Nunes. I don't think that's a very good idea at all. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Keep us posted and to be continued. Roger that. Thank you, Greg. You bet. You bet. We'll be right back. They come here on this world stage and represent my country to the best of my ability. The gold medal will go to Carissa Moore. Lydia Jacoby is going to win gold for the United States. Ecstatic for this U.S. team. Does the flag trigger anybody? Hmm? I love it. I love it. Uh, we should do this more often, huh? What do you think? Well, appreciate you watching. Do me a favor. Talk to your friends. We're doing something special here. You know that. We could use uh, a few more eyeballs, all right? We're growing. We want to grow a little bit faster. 
We appreciate your support very much. Stick around for Stinchfield, and I will see you tomorrow night. Many thanks again.